You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon. Here with Timothy and Joe. And we have a special guest today who is called Audrey Wawire. Um, Audrey. Okay. Hi. I'm Audrey Kawire Wawire. Uh, should I do the long introduction now? Yes, please. Okay. Give the long introduction. Tell us <laughs> about yourself. Tell us what you do. And also tell us your relationship with film. Okay. So um, I work in communications. Currently, I work with Human Rights Watch. I'm based in Nairobi, Kenya. I'm a human rights activist and I host Power of the Streets podcast, which features young African activists who are driving the human rights movement. My relationship with film is I just love watching lots of TV generally, but I also run Human Rights Watch Film Festival in Nairobi, where we screen human rights films and hold panel discussions around human rights and film every year. And the festival is now online due to the pandemic. And I'm really happy to be on your show today. Thank you. When is the next festival starting? Um, so it's going to be the last week of October 2021. And I'll be sure to send you guys all the details so you can share with your friends and family and everyone else. Yay, thank you. Um, I think I'll add the little detail that I met Audrey at a workshop here in Kampala on film curation. Really happy I met you. It was really great to meet you. More than it was to be at the workshop. That wasn't a very yes. successful. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. participants were much better than yes, the workshop. than the workshop itself. But really happy that it happened at all. So today we're going to be talking about Softy, which is a Kenyan documentary uh, directed by Sam Soko. Um, Softy is a film about Boniface Mwangi. Uh, he was a photojournalist who then turned into an activist and then stood for MP of Starehe. Starehe, Starehe. constituency. Okay, in Nairobi. Starehe Kenya. constituency, yes. And uh, it takes a look at his journey through these three things from the perspective of his own and also from the perspective of his family. So yeah, it's a documentary about Boniface Mwangi. I don't know if uh, you guys had heard of him before. Yeah. I, I follow heard... him on Twitter. So. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'd seen a few tweets uh, of yeah. his before. Yeah. Joel, had you heard of him before? Oh yeah, my Kenyan circle friends as well online seen Boniface Mwangi pop up several times over the years. And you, Audrey? Yes, I know Bonnie. And um, so I, I'm hearing you say soft, soft tea. Um, in Kenyan accent, we say soft tea. Yes, so I, yeah, I work in human rights. So I, I know of Boniface's work um, for a very long time. So yes, I, I, I knew him way before the film. Okay. okay, great. Um, yeah, this film is really, really successful. I think I'll say that because it's well known. It, 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 it came out of the works. You know, there's so many films made, but then some just uh, get a lot of publicity. And it started from its premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, which is in the US. US, yeah. Yes. 
Um, it's a bit sad that most times things get attention because they get international approval, but that's how things work right now. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, it, when it got that, it also has shown at many other festivals. Really great to be talking about it. I think we need to see. Uh, we would also encourage people to watch it. It's on Vimeo and it's for rent at like three, four dollars. So please rent it on Vimeo and check it out. It's really accessible. And the director is called Sam Soko. He is co-founder of a production company called LBX Africa. And this is his first feature film. He has a short film he did before, which is called Sibini from 2014. I couldn't find it online, but he has a track record of doing some short films. He's, he also worked in theater before that. He has a radio play that aired on BBC. Yeah. And about this do- this documentary as well, he started out thinking it would be a short documentary, but then it turned out to end up being long form because more and more things kept happening and he found that there was more to film and there was a, more of a story arc when Boniface decided to um, stand for MP. Yeah, and it's great that this film happened. Um, so let's get to talking about it. I think let's start with our general thoughts. Um, I don't know. I think I want us to start and Audrey to be the last because I feel like she'll have, <laughs> let's have first here. Am I chatting? I think let me start. Okay. Um, great film. Uh, yeah. Um, I it's very it's a political dog. I expected it to be political, which was great. The only thing I didn't expect while watching it was it would have so much about the family. Mm. Like I was shocked that like half the film is going on and on about the family. So like my mind had to go backwards and, and realize that oh this is really about him as well. So I could say I was mini disappointed that it wasn't more political. Because yeah. uh, I expected it to really be a about the politics, yeah, the activism, the and the activism as yeah, well. Yeah. So I think I had an expectations versus reality thing going on. But overall, I think it's a good doc, very much worth watching, and I'm happy about its success. It's yeah. good, and I would hope for more stuff like this to come out. Dreaming of such a political thing like this coming out of from UG mm. would be great. There's usually many short docs. I think I saw one. Many were made for Bobby Wine. Yes. There was one for Stella Nyanzi, which reminded me of this similar act because she's also an activist. And then she also stood for MP and she also lost. Uh, but that one was really short and didn't have much depth. So seeing something like this, which is long form and having a lot of depth was very, very nice. Yeah. Mm. Um, Joe or Timothy, I don't know. <laughs> I can go. I can go. go. I can go. Yeah. Uh, so about uh, the, I would say general views about the film. Uh, I was very excited to watch this. Yeah, I, I've followed Boniface Mwangi at least on Twitter. Uh, I feel yeah, he's part of like this new breed of like young African leaders who are not entirely like career politicians, but they still have a lot to say about like society, the society in which they live. So I've always been interested, as you mentioned before, the Bobby Wine types, Stella Nyanzi, and now Boniface Mwangi. So yeah, I came into it very excited to like see more about him. But as you said, it was it's, it kind of uh, defied my expectations a bit. And there's a lot about his personal life, which I really didn't mind. It was really good to see kind of like behind the curtain, behind the man in the news, just kind of see him in his day-to-day life. and see what his family life is like and how he balances the two things so 
yeah that, that's what I would say I was really excited to say that it didn't disappoint me in the end when I watched it so yeah yeah um, yeah for me I would say I was more nervous um, about watching the film uh, <laughs> uh, given the, uh, the of course yeah the heavy political subject matter um, and and the fact that because uh, I read through the synopsis before watching it and the fact that they said they were going to delve into the family life and like uh, choose between his family and uh, the activism or his political career just felt like it was going to be a very uncomfortable watch <laughs> which it turned out to be but in like a re- really like emotionally like moving way I I love like the first scene, which is just like all this pig. Was it pig blood? I don't even know. Like it was yeah. blood, and then they had these pigs they were carrying. Yeah. I just love the way it dived right, and and the family is like front, right, and center, like immediately. Uh, for me, that set such an amazing tone. Uh, the film went exactly the way I hoped um, a film like this would go. Um, yeah, because documentary that documentaries that are like especially like uh, lean into like the human interest angle premiere the most uh, rewarding to watch um so i really liked uh, the moments between him and uh, the wife i think in jerry was her name um yeah so him and in jerry like uh, the interplay i just loved them as a couple so i was just following this couple's life that was what became this documentary uh, for me so there's not much um, the political uh, underbelly of everything, uh, which even the way the, the story is framed, I hope I'm not like rambling too much, but just like the way they frame the political situation, I thought was an interesting angle because um, I, I vaguely kind of follow Kenyan politics uh, here and there. So I do not understand what, what a BBI is yet. But, um, the, the the whole Raila Uhuru like uh, interlink thing was an especially like creepy uh, moment for me. Uh, <laughs> kind of seeing how the story built up all these really interesting things. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really powerful story. Um, yeah, highly recommend. <laughs> yes. So um, now I'm the Kenyan and. Now I'm going to be the critical one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, as I said, I, I know Bonnie's work. Uh, I, I work in the same spaces in human rights. So I came into the film aware of the main characters and some of their stories. I've seen these protests. I've been in some of the protests. Um, what I did not expect was for them to go and connect the colonial aspect to these human rights issues because normally when we speak about these violations we kind of speak of them as a vacuum and we just say there is police violence but we don't tie it to why that was actually caused or why our political structures are the way they were so this was really good to see in the film um i did i enjoy the film it did not grip me like i was not super intrigued let me put it that way. I'm really proud of the filmmakers for telling the story. I appreciate their work, their efforts, but I was not surprised. Like I kind of knew this story. Um, but now, of course, I imagine the filmmaker is introducing Bonnie to the world. 
So a lot of this information is new for someone else who is not in Kenya or, you know, is not following some of the politics very closely. That said, I again have many concerns about how the story was told and when we go into details i can talk more about that okay Okay, i think let's get into the details now please be the one to start by getting into the details (laughs) okay color your judgment just go with the original comments (laughs) yeah no we will we will (laughs) okay so you know, they opened with the pig's blood protest, which was big news in Kenya. Um, and I think that was a really good way to describe who Boni is and what his activism is. It's very radical. It's really in your face. And he's a name people know everywhere. And the film is a couple of years old, I think now, or maybe one. And it's still relevant explaining Kenya still faces the same problems, corruption, police violence, and the like. Um So they did well with this narrative. And my biggest problem with the film is the portrayal of Njeri, Boniface's wife. She's the long-suffering wife. She was actually called this in the film. Um, Yeah. She was actually called that. made a joke about it, right? Yeah. I mean, I I find this so unfortunate. (laughs) it just falls into that sexist trope about women being behind the successful man you know whoever the man is a businessman activist you know the woman behind him why is she behind um and, and, and also how all this extra burden of being a primary caregiver of the children whatever the man is out there doing it's physical emotional labor and also this man is constantly in danger from the state and other powerful people so She's in this space where she's always... blood pressure. Yes, yes. So, so things like that. But now when you look at the roles that women have played, when, when we come and read, well, history is written by men. So now as we slowly learn about what women were doing in the background, you know, like Winnie, Madikzela, Mandela in South Africa, Mariam Sankara, Coretta Scott King in the U.S., when we now see their roles in the liberation movement and we're like, wow, you know, Sankara was doing all these amazing things, but you know what, what this woman was doing behind, you know, behind the successful man, the, the stories are usually just flattened and you see the man coming there as the powerful, you know, hero doing all this amazing work. Do we really need more stories of these long suffering wives? Do we? And I'm sorry that I'm becoming very emotional about this but um, I I just felt like um, the story might have been different if it was told through Jerry's wife and I would have been more interested in seeing it that way fine she got to say quite a bit but it's narrated by Boniface Um, Mm. and again the way we learn about history the struggles for you know liberation when we talk about human rights, it's usually, you know, the person on the streets fighting. But the women's rights movement in Kenya, the LGBT rights movement in Kenya, they're really powerful movements doing super interesting things. And I know they intersect with these other big activists or the activists you see on the streets. 
But somehow those stories get lost when we are talking about human rights, you know, like those are smaller rights, which is quite unfortunate because the movement in Africa right now is so huge and so complex and nuanced. And there's so many players that we can't talk about it the way we'd say maybe when it was Moe's time, you know, and he was the main, he was the person who all the activists were fighting against like right now activists are talking about so many things but we get to see only this one side and so I thought that you know this was an opportunity for a filmmaker to rethink how we talk about human rights you guys have talked about Bobby Wine, Stella Nyanzi we have a way that we talk about them but I think there's other interesting angles people can take (laughs) Hmm. I think I I share a uh some gripes with you like i share some thoughts with you which is yeah i think i was disappointed that this is the angle that the film was taking um i don't think i really wanted more i would have asked the film to even give me more of jerry's side i i just i'm like i don't know there's when you said that you had this just this image, there's a, a particular image that this film has where I'm like, really, we cannot continue to do this. There's when, there's literally the camera comes and shows a tear falling down her eye. You know, there's that, there's a, that image alone of a tear falling down a woman's eye. I'm like, that, why that choice? That, those, those, I'm like, no, we, it reminded me, I've seen that image so many times. I saw someone who even had, was taking that image of who tweeted it and she was telling her assault story and the camera zooms in on the tear falling down her eye. There's billboards that were put up around Kampala about sexual It's called the sexy cry. I can't. Do not show me that image. Why? I think that that was the image of as like. I can't. Just why is this the choice? eh? I get that it's an interesting angle. And maybe at a point I'm like, maybe it's a bit unfair for the film that I feel this way. Because it's like multiple, multiple images over the past that have just traumatized me over seeing this image yet again. Yeah, so it's not. I don't. I feel like it's not the film's fault. It's just the timing. Yeah. Not now, really. Yeah. Just not now yeah. is is what I was thinking. But at the same time, really can't remove the great things about the film yeah. as well. I enjoyed seeing the protests. I think the beginning of the film was so much stronger for me than what happens towards the end because in the beginning they show him as an activist doing doing the protest talking about the colonial past i was so happy to hear that it's kind of even what more what i expected more of i enjoyed listening to boniface talk about that mm. i began to wish to know what more is there about the Ukweli party what's different yeah. about his party like he's he's show me his tweets or something like more like in real time i don't know i think i would have even preferred more of that other than, oh, my wife misses me. At some point, I'm like, maybe you're a shit husband. Like, that's how far I got. I'm like, I don't know if this is even helpful. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really was hoping for more of that and less of what I actually got. But I could, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm at with this. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I think it's interesting... Um 
where you uh yeah the, the long suffering wife thing i guess didn't uh, register as heavily for for me as it seems to have done for you guys um i guess the way i framed the movie in my head uh it, it's like uh, the price of uh, activism uh, like you guys referenced like uh like tim referenced like bobby wine like this was kind of the same situation where he also like flew his kids out for a bit during the election so for me i looked at it as like the price like the family pays because i hope nobody was watching this movie and being like yeah boniface is nailing it with his family <laughs> there, 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 there was like neglect along the way and i felt like the movie was confronting it head on i don't think they were trying to make excuses for a boniface at least for me they didn't register as excuses I just saw it as like a tragic situation like I completely understood what Boniface's uh, motivations were I understood why he was so driven to pursue this path but then you also had his wife knowing that he was a crazy person but like she also entered with some expectations that he would turn into this other figure like they have this uh, conversation in the car I remember when uh saying what comes first and he's like country god family and she's like no god family and that already showed me they had a fundamental like <laughs> disconnect when it came to what their priorities were there's definitely like a communication break and yeah i i just i think i saw it more like as a tragic situation like i took the situation as just like like for what it was i guess i i need I, i didn't feel like the movie teetered towards any particular direction where it was either going uh, reflecting badly on uh, jerry or too badly on boniface i just saw it as a very realistic like very real life uh, situation like the pressures that brought this couple to its uh, breaking point really and his his family his kids like like that that scene uh, where his son uh, on father's day just writes a note to the mother that that's i feel like scenes like that were emblematic of like there's a big price that bonnie is paying to be like uh like part of like the like the face of this struggle um for freedoms and justice and all that um so i felt like the movie was balanced in its message at least in my opinion um so i i i feel anyway like they nailed it <laughs> at least in terms of like i i i can get like uh for sharon sets like they leaned too much towards that i too would have liked some uh like diving more into the history because it's very very interesting uh when you look into like the the whole mau mau uh revolution uh kanu uh jomo kenyatta all the way back to tom boya when when you when if you read into that history it's actually really interesting you can understand why kenya's political situation is the way it is today and where you ha- and how these legacy families kind of amassed power it's all very interesting stuff um but i feel like maybe there's another documentary out there that could tap into that but i, I didn't feel like this documentary necessarily had to tap into that maybe i took it for granted because i'd read up a bit more onto it maybe i took for granted that oh this <coughs> that uh that, that this was like helping my experience that i was able to pick up on a few themes and stuff 
So I can also understand how missing that like can kind of dull the experience. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would just have to say that yeah, I I I hear all all of you, and yeah, I I think maybe I'll maybe again lean towards Joel's point as well because I also did feel like maybe it was a portrait. Like I'm not sure about uh, in Jerry as a person. Maybe Audrey will tell us, but I don't know. Is she very much a big part of his activism as well? I mean, is she always involved in like the protests and all that? Yes. Yes, yes, she she, oh, she always is. Okay, okay yeah. yeah. Then, then then there's a big, big problem there yeah, because I imagine like, like, as you said, if it's going to be like, if if she's a character like say Winnie Mandela or something, and she's also helping with the organizing and everything, then she really deserves a bit more credit to her. To her. I think she deserves a bit more credit. But then of course in this they kind of try to show the the the, the, the duality of uh, Boniface's life, showing the activist and then trying to. Co- juxtapose that to the the family man so yeah if if she is very much a big part of like his activism then he she should definitely get a bit more <laughs> a bit more props in this yeah and like i I definitely see where you would come from when you say that it's framed and they build on the long suffering wife issue too much yeah but then uh, on a narrative level yeah i i i really didn't mind like i, I think it was okay uh, in general, the story that that was uh, developed around Boniface for this documentary, because of course they tried to show his roots and where he came from, and they, I, I like the scene where they really show like the the room where he grew up, which he grew up in with his mom and all that, like just to kind of like see this almost rags to riches story yeah. of uh, for for, one, for for a character, and I really did enjoy that bit. But then again, as uh, maybe my my main issue with this. Uh, documentary would be like they did not as Sharon mentioned earlier like they didn't go as much into like his political ideology and what really makes Boniface Mwangi stand apart from the rest is he just uh, a disruptor does he have uh, is he just against the status quo for the sake of it or does he have like particular things he could bring to the table as well as a new young leader and the voice of perhaps millions of young Kenyans so that's what, what I didn't really see like, they kind of like try to like uh, dwell on like the sensational parts of like his of his activism like the pigs and all that they kind of dwelt on that then they would also dwelt on the election but they really didn't get into you know what really forms the ideas of them of this man I know they kind of got into the election violence of 2007 and that seems like a, a point in his life where the, the shift kind of happened but yeah, as a as a person of like his stature and his profile with his political clout in a way, I felt yeah they would actually delve a bit more and kind of like bring out what, what makes, makes him so unique, unique and what makes him stand out. But, but yeah, yeah, I didn't really see, see that. that. Yeah. So, so that that, that, that would be my main issue. issue with mind this. if I interject there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I, I, I felt like they showed that did they show like that that when he was like do uh, walking around during the elections and people were asking for money <laughs> and he yeah. held fast to like we're not giving anybody anything and that they were trying to yes. establish yeah, like a different way of thinking amongst the people I, I guess yeah. I felt like those moments for me were, were what showed me the kind of politician he wants to be and the kind of world of politics uh, that he tries to create but yeah, yeah, sorry, no, uh, yeah. continue yeah yeah, I was saying yeah, it kind it kind of delves into into that, uh, showing kind of like the morals that he has, that he's not going to be the everyday kind of politician who's bribing his way 
into the parliament but then again i meant more like on a on like an ideological level because when i see a person like boniface mwangi like i imagine him also at some point maybe like yes he didn't win his constituency but then i imagine like someone like of his ilk would eventually like look to like unseat like you know these powers that be i don't know if that's really his plan in the future if you would want to do a, a bobby wine and like run for president and all that but then i would really want i would really want to see what what his political ideology like besides just removing the money out of politics like what really drives the ukweli party and why is it different from say the other parties that are dominant in kenya right now and they really didn't get they just said that yeah we don't really bribe and that's it but they didn't really get into like really ideological stuff because when you look at it even there's a point where a gentleman told him that yeah you you're talking to us now but when you get into the parliament like you'll also forget us yeah and i felt that that's very true cuz from what i see it could definitely happen to someone like boniface unless he's going into that parliament on like a completely different uh, i don't know platform from anything that any of the politicians in kenya are trying to do so in a way in a way it made him look like uh, a very it it didn't really put him where i thought it would put him like it didn't really bring out him being like this I don't know iconoclast I don't know what the right word would be but someone who's really like of a different ilk he seems like pretty much the idea a young idealist who's looking to change the status quo but after he actually does it what will he do what will he bring to the table as like this new voice in uh, in that political sphere so that's what I really didn't see in the documentary and what I probably would have liked to see more of so yeah just just one small thing i wanted to respond that you know i don't think the film portrayed jerry in a bad way yeah. my frustration is how we tell the story of famous men yeah. okay like you know this huge powerful activist he does all these things he does all things and his family suffers for it we would say the same thing about many of the big ceos many of the you know leading men it's not a new story but we keep, why 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 do we keep telling the story this way it's not are there other ways to tell this story is my question and i've really been thinking i i think it's unfair to compare films but i Yeah l- l- let me not compare films actually mm-hmm. but I, I just think what's the film what's the film no 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 please 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 go ahead go ahead um you be just between the us letter. it won't be between us you're recording this so <laughs> so the letter i don't know if you watched the letter mm-hmm. it's the letter is about this um so you know the stories of um when a, a widow is you know she's left behind many of her kids are in town and so the community tries to grab the land from her so it's a story like that and it's told from the angle of i don't know if it's her son or her nephew who speaks with her and she's narrating how you know they call me a witch they say i'm into all these things and you know they want to pray and they found these things in my compound and blah 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 and the son really is kind of the activist in that story but i felt like the woman was still the, his aunt or his grandmother 
um, she's still really powerful. She does, she's not like this long suffering victim. And um, e- even the other people in the story, you can really, like you can see this evil uncle is trying to, you know, he's trying to play a game here. He's trying to take this land. And uh, I just felt it was a really creative way to talk about a big issue, which is land and ownership just generally like land is a huge problem in Kenya and how we own it and how people pass it on and you know all the paperwork and everything involved so I think there's a way to tell stories or a way for activists to tell stories without having this person who is just a long-suffering you know kind of victim and it's usually a woman but somehow some people are you know they're heroes and I, I just think we can be more nuanced now. Like, you know, we have access to so much information and we are seeing the past differently. So I feel like we shouldn't lock ourselves any more um, in this narrative. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the film has other things about yes. it. I think we have talked about <laughs> yeah, the bad. The, 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 Jer- the Jerry part yeah. way too much. Yeah. Um, I think. I really was enjoying, apart I enjoyed, not enjoyed, but so many times I just think Uganda politically is the worst, you know, yes. <laughs> and I think it was, it's just shocking to see someone else also being the absolute <laughs> worst, yeah. because looking at the kind of corruption that was going on, like that scene where people are rushing to the polls because they want to be bribed, yeah. I'm like, this is insane, <laughs> No, you're not. No, we are not. We are really not alone. Have you heard of Haiti stuff? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. So I think just seeing this, I really would wish for some of the things that happen in Eugene on a daily basis could be captured this way because it's madness every single day and sometimes you can forget about it. But yeah, I I, I hope for this stuff to always be documented because these people should not go unseen and unpunished for this stuff. It's quite insane. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had other narrative things you liked or didn't like. I could go. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to really also get. Uh, I, I also liked the, the aspects where they kind of tried to get into like the the violence in two thousand seven, and kind of how it started, and how even a lot of like say, someone like Ryla kind of even betrayed what he stood for at the time, and he basically betrayed his supporters. Like I liked the way they went into like that, that the nitty gritties of something that's contemporary and a touchy issue. It has to do with like tribes and stuff like that and you know in Uganda usually there's that whole thing of like do not promote sectarianism and all that kind of thing or if you try to like critique one side you're being a sectarian or critique one particular group but they kind of actually delve into that whole thing of when they kind of go into the history of how these different tribes were the Kikuyus were usually thought to be more sophisticated and they took the better jobs and then they show the Kambas were loyal servants and kind of getting into that history and how it kind of boiled over to 2007 was also was very interesting for me and as a person who lives outside Kenya uh, it was very enlightening yeah by the way Raila didn't 
only betray his people once. It was like twice. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two <laughs> elections. Yeah. yeah. Back, back to back. back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I uh, I like the the existentialism um, that they tap into, like when uh, like in Jerry and the kids are in the U.S. And then he's having this argument with these idiots <laughs> that like we uh, are like I guess harassing him because he won't give them money and stuff. And like he's like, you know, why am I really doing this? Because people like they don't care. It's like you, you don't you don't give us money, then we're not voting for you. It's like it's that simple. <laughs> and I think I like the I, I like the futility in that scene because it kind of showed the grind. For, for me, it was like a surreal moment. I was able to, I guess, sympathize more with, with our own activists as well, of just like what the daily grind must feel like uh, when you like put your life on the line with like all these good intentions. And you know, sometimes you're met with like complete apathy, nobody cares. There's like jokes here and there. It's like, it's, yeah, or, or like your words falling on deaf ears. Like I, like I felt how heartbreaking it was to give your life to this thing, which kind of made me more enamored with the people that choose to live their lives this way, the people that are activists in East Africa right now. Mm. Um, so I, I felt like I felt like this movie really had like tapped into a certain nuance that I'd never considered. Uh, before so I felt like I, I understood them more as people like in their bones <laughs> like in their DNA and I, I feel like the movie really did that well with all the characters I guess which is also why I was so forgiving because uh, Sh- what Sharon said was valid they they, they over leaned into the family into the family narrative uh, which <laughs> they could have explored a bunch of other things but for me they did the family narrative so well in, in like that respect that like to where I was like uh, considering things on like a different uh, dimension was like okay this this has been of some value I felt like I'd gleamed something from sitting for one hour and 30 minutes yeah so I I, I thought the film did uh, pretty all right for like exactly what it set out to do because I think I walked in as well with new expectations it's so like what it gave me, I was like, this is strong, this is powerful, this is moving. There's so many things to consider and reflect on. So yeah, I, I, I feel like they did a really good job. The film really worked for me. Um, so you're, you're completely right about, you know, the massive political structure that this one guy seems to be going against. And, you know, it's just impossible you know this other person has all the red cars and all the things and you know he's he's going to win by hook or crook um yes jaguar so (laughs) um i'd encourage you to read about some of these new young kenyan politicians very interesting stories so something that i felt this film did Whenever activists rise up against the government in Kenya, I've also seen it in Tanzania, maybe in Uganda, I don't know, but you can, you can check if it's familiar. 
they quickly come and say, you know, oh, this person is not really an activist. They don't really care. They are being paid by foreign uh, yes. enemies to all that time, destroy all that time, all that the good name yeah. of our country. Yeah. 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 So I, I felt like this film really humanized this one person and showed the actual work they do every day, like going to get the pig's blood from I don't know where he was going to get it from and, you know, organizing with people and being on the street and being hurt, being in hospital. That's not the kind of work you can be paid to do just to ruin the name of your country. Like that's work you're doing if you actually care about something. That's a lot of sacrifice. So I think this film really tackled that narrative that a lot of our governments try to create about activism and people who fight for human rights. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That definitely happens all the time. It's usually like a tactic just to be like, oh, this is you, you like we are seeing the bigger picture more than you are. This is like a puppet and oh, they're going to, they want to spread homosexuality. Just that's really, that's like a standard playbook thing to do here as well. Like all the time. Yeah. That's that's true. That really, it really shows that, which is great. Um, There's something I want to ask you guys. I don't know if, uh, I think we could delve into also the filmmaking choices, like the production value and everything. And I don't know if I might be the only one who felt this way, but I felt like we jumped through time very quickly. And I they, I didn't feel that jumps. Like, I really wish there was a clearer way to tell us, like, oh, this is this was like in 20-something and this was in the other year. But I was shocked to find out that this was really short in that time, like over the many years. Mm-hmm. So I really wish the documentary had indicated that. I don't know if any of you felt that way about that. Yeah, perhaps that's why I was talking about there wasn't as much like into his ideals and the growth and what really makes him him. Because like we kind of have this, there are these large jumps, I guess, in the narrative and they don't really point them out. So from one point he's, uh, he's an activist, then they show he's now going to run out of the blue. Like when he's talking, he talks about running for the seat then we're into the elections and yeah I, I kind of wish they would have like as I, I kind of read up read up on Boniface Mwangi and like I kind of get his timeline like around the early 2010s he was like doing the photojournalism was that the early the early to the 2000s when he was winning the CNN awards for photojournalist like I would have wanted to see like that kind of like his growth slowly fleshed out over like the whole period of like time like the the years like 2013 2014 like just kind of show us this slow growth but again as you said the film was one hour 30 minutes and sometimes you can't really like go as deep and sometimes you have to really compress everything to make it fit into like such a runtime imagine one that one hour 30 minutes for like seven years of shooting so yeah. it's very hard to like if you're going to like delineate things and like kind of show like the time passing obviously it gets a bit longer or it will get very disjointed so maybe that was something they just had to do to like avoid drawing too much attention to like the time passing and all that so yeah like i think i thought it was i actually thought it was all right 
because uh, I also remember I, I I do admit yeah we did jump through a lot of time so like was 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 that his his oldest kid Jabali like sprouted like him was tall I was like whose child is this I thought it was like that I was like oh that's a... <laughs> that's so true that like, they like, yeah. so, yeah, sprouted like but. To, to to me those jumps were were, were cute they were not like um, super invasive they didn't like break the experience and I, I felt like I was able to kind of keep track I was like oh that's 2007 uh, Saka 2007 <laughs> Boniface because I remember his face was a little more shrunken so I'm like oh this is him now telling the wife this must be around 2010 to 2009 like I guess I I, I didn't mind like making these uh, <laughs> stimations in my head as I went. It didn't affect the, the experience too much because I felt like I was watching uh, a bunch of home videos. Mm. Like when you're talking about the production value, it's not too, too crazy. Um, so I, I, I really liked how low cost it was. I, I felt like I was, like the my visual experience felt like the, like, uh, like what a conversation with a person would be like. I would like hop a bit in in uh, the story as they're like telling me what happened it's like they kind of go back and explain this and they come back in so it's like I didn't mind too much the jackiness I think this movie just really really worked on me like on a genetic level because <laughs> I, I feel like I was just rolling with everything <laughs> that it threw my way I was like, wow, this is a really powerful experience. Uh, like as an emotional uh, like flow, as far as the emotional flow of the movie was concerned, I think I was so immersed in it that everything made sense. It, it made sense, I would say, on an emotional level. Though I will admit with you objectively that the editing could have been better. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't notice that. I, I really liked that, you know, what you're saying about the, 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 the sections like that look like home videos. I mm. really enjoyed them. I, I enjoyed that it was not so polished and finished. Um, I, it felt kind of more real to me and not so, you know, like, you know, this is, we, we know this is Boniface's story, but someone has really cut and made this really beautiful. I, I don't know. Yeah, I like I like the unfinished kind of rough editing, but I'm, I'm not an editor, by the way. So I really like the the when they'd have like the phone calls or the kids waking up on election day. I thought that was um, really cute, and you know, it was so raw. I like that. I I I do see now that I think about it I do see how we know when they're at the protests how it seemed very dramatic the way they'd cut at the protests but I think it's also just trying to give someone the feel of how you know when you're at the streets and the police are right here and have guns and all these things I think that's mm-hmm. the feel they were going for but it did seem like you know um, they're trying to scare me here yeah so <laughs> had the intended effect the uh <laughs> the, the way Audrey is saying they were kind of emotionally manip- you'd feel the emotional manipulation in some edits and like the music scoring and everything 
but it worked it was effective because <laughs> um i guess another moment would be the moments of dread for me as well when they're like all these political assassinations are going on in the background that stuff was so creepy like so terrifying uh i i felt the fear like like when i was like oh the family is going to the u.s i was like thank god like, like that stuff was just it's such a terrifying uh, situation to be in especially when you like start off with boniface kind of being a little naive and being a bit of an idealist and thinking he understood the price he was going to pay but it like turned out way bigger and way nastier than he could have imagined and and even even the weight of like having your family in the line of fire like i felt like those were really interesting themes to dig into for this movie um it, i'm i'm surprised with how naked they got this family you know to be for us like this is it dug those are moments for me that dug so uncomfortably I felt like I like TMI like I just knew way too much about these people and their personal personal lives and you I could like feel them in my bones it's just such a surreal such an uncomfortable crawling experience uh which is why I highly recommend this movie to anyone um <laughs> it is uh, quite a wild ride like as uncomfortable as it made me as taxing as it was to watch i was like that is the power of cinema like i feel like i was transported into a community i did not really have access to and i feel like i was on the ground ground like audrey was talking about as well the riots i just want to highlight like that scene where that police lady <laughs> where it's like the, the the audio would like capture the little whispers they would like say to yes. each other when they're like whispering commands. <laughs> that stuff was hilarious. <laughs> Cause they'll say one thing to our faces. They turn around, it's like you're lying in broad daylight. You are lying. <laughs> in broad daylight, you're like inciting violence. Like you want these people messed up for no reason. It was like like the, the whole audio thing was crazy. It was crazy. Those guys need to get audio scramblers or something. <laughs> Yeah, there was also this really there was also this one scene uh, with Jaguar where they were kind of comparing and they were showing like uh, Boniface like in the streets like doing the campaign talking to people and then they kind of showed Jaguar like uh, blowing off people for like scratching, scratching his car. Yeah, that was just so hilarious. Oh, that's so hilarious. Like he couldn't, the two people couldn't be uh, far apart, further apart. <laughs> one thing I was thinking about as I watched this film uh, documentary <clears throat> filmmaking like you're saying Sharon it takes ages it's expensive mm. so I, I'm giving kudos to Sam the director and now we also have lots of content coming up in our film industry a lot of it is commercial drama soaps maybe sponsored yeah. by the major outlets well even netflix is here now you can see yeah. lots of local some local content coming in um but you know the way artists work there's a lot of inspiration from previous generations and i think i, I appreciate that we do not have many documentaries made by kenyans in the past we have documentaries about kenya 
wildlife documentaries, other documentaries made by Europeans telling the story of Kenya, but not many documentaries reflecting by us reflecting on our own, you know, or mirroring our society as it is. We have, I have to mention this today because, you know, he was a well-respected documentary maker called Hilary Ngueno. He's passed away. Today, he made this series called Making of a Nation. It looks at the history of Kenya from like colonial times to the Mau Mau regime and, you know, uh, Mau Mau uh, uprising, sorry, not regime. And growing up that was the first thing i could call documentary um that was not you know lions and cheetahs and yeah. elephants like that was the first documentary i saw those are the first documentaries then they would come on tv i don't know if it was on sunday or saturday but you know the whole family would sit and watch so i i, I also really appreciate that this filmmaker is not really working with maybe is I, I should not speak for him but thinking about what we already have, it's not really much. And maybe this is the time that we have the resources and the time and the skills to make our own documentaries and tell them from our point of view, which is a really interesting time to live in. And I, I think, you know, the people who are coming after us, not after us, but even in the next 10 years, I'm really curious what they'd think um, seeing stuff that like this was the first time our stories are being told by fellow Africans so I I think we're just in a really interesting time for film for documentary on the continent yeah. in that sense yeah. true I don't know what we're up to <laughs> <laughs> no I, I remember I remember during the last the, the election I think when people some people arrested for like oh, documenting yes. Yeah, it was this Ibuayu and all that. Yeah, like I think yeah, they, they, they tried to at least do something similar, but yeah, they were prob- they probably even confiscated the, f- the footage. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's 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 really. I think uh, Kenya is Kenya is is very complex politically in its own way, but yeah, at least they're a bit more. Even you could just see from the way the the police the the police was acting like in the documentary during the protest, like some of the stuff that. Boniface was doing there, like you just never get away with it here in Kampala. <laughs> so, yeah, like I think, yeah, maybe I think it's just about us now, maybe saying in like even more oppressive like situations, perhaps to just find very inventive ways of like actually telling these stories, finding ways to bypass the system. Yeah, so I'm really like jealous of the ecosystem that Kenya has in general yeah. with Tokyo books. Yes. Yes, like, it's, it's a very yeah. Helps, yes, it I helps. Think. Yeah, like yeah. even the production company that did what's the the one fine day. One fine day. Yeah, 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 yeah. When we're not recording, I I can't talk about that. Some oh, yeah. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything additional to say about yeah. the about softy before we close because we've been yeah. doing this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe I'll just have to have to ask maybe uh, Audrey. Yeah, since you work actually like in human rights and activism and all that, I'd want to ask because, as I said earlier, the the political situation in Uganda and uh, Kenya is slightly different, whereas yeah, we have uh, a person who some consider a dictator, others see him as a, 
a grand old wizard who has done a lot for the country and he's pretty much a military man then you have Kenya and you have Kenya where it's it's a bit more civil I, I wouldn't say they have as much control uh, over the military as say Museveni would have over the UPDF here but then you you have these big dynasties like the Odinga dynasty and the Kenyatta's and all that and they've pretty much ruled the country from independence whereas and I, I just want to ask like as young people in Kenya like do you see it changing because like in Uganda you could possibly see someone like a Museveni leave because you've seen it before you've seen the Gaddafis the Mubaraks it's possible that <laughs> someone can leave and there could be something else because there was something before him whereas in Kenya I feel like there have been these dynasties which have pretty much like been in charge from the get-go up till now so like as a young activist like what do you think like the future is of Kenya are they just going to continue this dynasty or this dynasty family is continuing to rule or is there any possibility of like someone who is like a true outlier of coming out of nowhere pretty much like a Wesley Museveni did in Uganda and actually come uh, taking power or something of the sort um so I'm glad I'm not in the youth bracket, so yeah. <laughs> I no longer have to speak for the youth. Yeah. I have no idea what they're going to do. Anyway, um, so yeah, the dynasties are super powerful. Um, and first of all, I, growing up, I never imagined a Kenya without Moi. Yeah. Let me say that. Moi was everything and he had his hand in everything yeah. and living between living through moi to kibaki to kenyatta to having mps who are 40 and younger yeah. i never imagined that growing up so I, i've lived through that and in that sense i usually feel like there is hope for change <clears throat> and and Moise kids and and, and Moise kids governors as well in Kenya. Yes, 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 they are and super powerful. Yeah. But there's also people who are never in politics who are now in politics. Are they better? No, but um, <laughs> you know there there are different people. The structures are the same though. There have been changes like with the electoral body. It was reformed we have a new constitution. So there's been these small, small shifts towards more inclusion and a different kind of leadership. I mean, we have a woman chief justice for the first time. Like, you know, there's these huge things that happen. And then there's also things that stay the same, that the more things change, the more they stay the same. So to answer your question is, mm. I do think in, 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 oh, by the way, sorry. I, I remembered something when I was in the middle of this thought. This Boniface's party, there was a woman also running, a really young woman yeah. who was running in a more affluent neighborhood. Okay. And her campaign was really popular on social media. Yeah. Um, it was really popular because in the rich neighborhoods, people don't go to vote, you know, or very few people go to vote. Yeah. 
So it was really popular because she was actually knocking on people's gates and talking to them and kind of reawakening middle class, upper class interest in politics or at least questioning them. Yeah. Those are things that were not happening and now they are happening. Boniface's party, I think they'd have candidates in the next election. Um, we had a governor who was a real outlier in Nairobi and he just kind of did his own thing. He, I can't say he really had a godfather or came from any big family. Yeah. I'm not saying he was a great governor. So yeah, I, I think there's opportunities for change. I think there's many things that have changed that uh, we never thought would happen. But I also <clears throat> cognize, fully recognize the power of this dynasties and I don't think they're going to easily let go anytime yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. But again, uh, I shouldn't talk about politics so much. It's not even mm -hmm. about the film. But <laughs> so a part of my family comes from where Raila comes from. Yeah. And for the first time, there's a critical mass that does not support trailer okay okay just because yeah. he's betrayed them twice yes, yes he's yes. a big family yes you know he's been the one big leader but yeah. now even when he goes there like you know it's not certain that they'll he'll get support so he has to be kind of careful yeah those are things that could not happen 10 years ago five years ago even yeah so i I, I don't know. I respect all the power, not respect, but I, I recognize all the power that they have. But things really change in Kenya in really unexpected ways. So yeah. I, I don't know. I really don't know what will happen. Yeah, so let's wait and see because I think you have an election coming up as well, right? Is it? Oh my gosh, yes. BPI. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I don't know what BBI is. Let's explain BBI to us. Oh my God. gosh. So, um, Raila shook Uhuru's hand and, you know, they said they'll come together to unify Kenyans, you know, so that, you know, Raila's side and Uhuru's side, everyone will come together for the good of the country and the peace and all that. <laughs> and then, so people were really disappointed because very many people died protesting how that election went. Mm. Um, and so Raila and Kenyatta came up with BBI, Building Bridges Initiative, which is kind of like a way to change the constitution to, you know, how many presidents, you know, the president, how many vice presidents we have. It's kind of moving away from Kenya has a devolved system. We have governance, but now kind of moving the power again away from those governors. So people are actually asking, like, are you asked, is this a constitutional reform? Or how exactly is this building bridges? Because it's not constitutional. If you want to change the constitution, there's a way to do that. And I, I think they really tried to play with Kenyans and it's not become very popular, but the deputy president quickly stepped in to be the person who is anti-BBI. Which, yes, yeah, so 
<laughs> he's you know um, now running on that platform <sighs> which is to say that bibe is just something they formed um and it's costing kenyans a lot of money they've just introduced so many more taxes because they're doing a lot of campaigns on it and they want to have a referendum it's too close to the election yeah. there's the pandemic so they can't really have uh rallies but still um you know they still kind of want to push it there's also the fact that this government doesn't really respect court rulings the court has been really critical of uhuru let me say not the government but uhuru they really checked him when he's tried to overstep and um now the bbi issue is in court so we, we don't know how that will go but you know he's just not been respected the court they say this and he just does whatever he wants anyway so the long and the short is what was the question even <laughs> <laughs> what is bbi what is bbi and i think you nailed it yeah <laughs> Thanks, Audrey, really. I don't know if anyone else had another thing to say, but we have gone long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have anything to say finally about Softy? Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go. I'll just say that, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, Softy, I think, is uh, is like the beginning point. And, yeah, I think, as you said, yeah, maybe more filmmakers should actually look at exploring politics through their films, be it through, like, these personalities or through like events just like elections and actually documenting them and i think airsoft yeah, is a good starting point and perhaps it's something people could use to learn like just as you said trying to find alternative narratives because softy very much stuck to one style so maybe it's something we could use in the future just to like uh, uh i don't know just do something different in a way within this field of like political documentaries yeah but in a way it's very been very inspiring for me and yeah that's all that's all i have to say um yeah i think this movie is uh definitely worth the watch i'd say for anyone who is uh mildly curious about like uh, activism in general this really dives deep into the world of an a- activist like living in East Africa today yeah, and I think it's uh it's, it's a really well done uh, human interest story um it's not doesn't break the bank to like rent as well um so yeah I'd recommend watching it I thought it, it did a really good job or what it was and yeah like Sharon said at the beginning it's nice to know that we're not you know suffering alone like everyone <laughs> is, <laughs> the world is crazy right now <laughs> actually everywhere you look the world's on fire <laughs> oh, anyway yeah um, thanks for inviting me by the way one fine no I'm not one fine day what, what am I saying softy that's after Oh, that's for after. So, um, Softy was actually screened in very many cinemas in Kenya. Uh, so it's great that people got to watch it. I hope the filmmakers will try and get it on one of the major local stations. Um, I, I think it's something that a local station would want to air. 
and even have a discussion after. So yeah, I appreciate the new content and I look forward to different ways of speaking about human rights and women in human rights. It's great. You guys have said everything. <laughs> I don't have nothing to add. Uh, thank you so much, Audrey. So, so much. It's really been great having you. Your insights are great. Yes. So, and um, thanks, Joel and Timothy. You're always great, as usual. And, um, yeah, um, people should listen to your podcast. Yes, please. Please listen. <laughs> I, I think it's really great. Please listen. What's, called, what's it called again? Say Power of the Streets. Oh, oh, Power, Power of the, the Streets, streets podcast. podcast. Is there yeah. any like, could you give does us a glimpse of... The, the logo has fist bump? What? what? No, it has the face <laughs> of someone like okay. with the road oh. going in the back. That's cool. So, yeah, it, 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 it's a discussion. It's me interviewing activists from eight countries in Africa, like from different parts of the continent. And they speak about their work, but they also speak about who they are as people. Um, focusing on young people, because, you know, Africa is a majority youth continent. You know, I, I'm not youth, but many of you are youth. Uh, so it's a discussion about their lives, what they faced, why they do what they do. Um, and usually they leave an inspirational message um, calling others into activism and into human rights. So it's a really good lesson. And it, it's really interesting hearing how someone in Nigeria is doing the same work or fighting the same issues as someone in Mozambique. Yes. So. Yeah, it's a good podcast in that way that they're very different people in opposite ends of the continent, but the issues they're facing is the same. The tactics they're using are different. The people's responses are different or the same. Yeah, it's really exciting. Please listen and uh, share with your friends. Yeah, Audrey, thank you. Thank you, thank you. This has been great. People, please watch Softy. It is on Softy. Sophie, watch Sophie. Yeah, this is all. And this is the end of the podcast. Yeah, this is it. And this is the end of the podcast. Um, I'm Sharon. I'm Timothy. I'm Joe. And Audrey. Bye. Okay, thank you so much. And bye.